it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome into Brewcast from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined tonight by Vaughn Lozon, special guest here this evening. Uh, looking forward to getting Scotty back here real soon. I promise he will be back uh, on Brewcast, but real big thanks to Vaughn for joining me again here this week. We are going to talk some Big Ten win totals because it's June, and, and football is a disease that we just can't stop thinking about. Vaughn, what's going on, man? How you doing here today? <laughs> it, isn't that the truth, though? <laughs> like, it, this is like the time of year where that itch just needs to be scratched, and, and you really just look for anything uh, that you can really talk about as far as football goes. I, I was actually, before we started recording this i was on the detroit lions youtube channel just literally just listening to their coordinators and assistant coaches just talk like to the media like (laughs) i am that desperate for football so uh i'm ready and uh let's let's just go dude like i'm pumped for football me Um, me too i'm just trying to i'm trying to hold off on the uh jj orcade podcast for as long as possible oh Christ, you could do that every week up until the first week or probably going into a few of the other games. So, 
We'll, we'll hold off on that discussion for, I don't know, may, maybe a couple months here. We'll see. All right, so Circus Sports recently just released their college football win totals for the 2022 season, and uh, there's definitely some interesting ones here, uh, Vaughn, as obviously we'll, we'll start with Michigan. They've got Michigan listed at 9.5. However, uh, the, the story there with the 9.5 is the premium that you're paying on the over. It's actually... Uh, the the most you're paying a dollar sixty. They're minus one sixty to bet the over. It's actually the longest odds or, or the biggest price to pay out of any side of any win total in the Big Ten here. So while that's listed at nine and a half, I mean, if you're looking to bet Michigan to to win over nine and a half, get ten wins or more here this year, you're going to be paying up uh, to get that number. So th- there's a, seems to be some confidence, at least, Vaughn, uh, from Circa in Vegas, that Michigan, good chance to to get the over on the nine and a half and to get at least to ten wins here this year. What, what do you think about that number? Yeah, I think... I think nine and a half is okay. I would take the over for sure, even though I would be paying a premium, like you said, with the minus 160. Just look at the schedule, man. I mean, those first four weeks are just gimme wins. You got Colorado State at home. You got Hawaii at home, UConn at home, and Maryland at home. So if they don't go 4-0 in those first four games, then the under's probably going to hit. You really don't get your first true test until Iowa that next week on October 1st. And then, I mean, every other game up until the Ohio state game, that would be like a quote unquote tough game is at home. You got Indiana on the road. I don't think the Hoosiers are going to be that great this year. You got Rutgers on the road and well, last I checked their Rutgers and then you got Ohio state on the road, obviously going to the shoes, never easy. They haven't won at Ohio state. Uh, since Vietnam, it seems like. So I, I would take the over if if I were a betting man, which uh, I haven't been recently because uh, football season is not upon us yet. But once football season comes, I will be a betting man. So if you are as well, Luke, uh, I would go the over with this. I think they get it to at least 10. Yeah, well, the, the schedule is the, the big thing here, right? And that's probably why you got to pray pay the premium uh, to get the over nine and a half because as you mentioned it, it, it's crazy the home games that you got now obviously um, so, some of the big games especially in the Big Ten East that, that you think about some some games where Michigan could trip up here this year obviously Penn State Michigan State Ohio State I'd probably throw at Iowa in there maybe home to Nebraska I don't really think so but I mean last year obviously uh, you know it was close to a trip up game how did Outside of that, Vaughn, uh, there isn't really anything there. That's four games already right there, you know, that, that you got to go two and two in those four games in order to hit the over here uh, on this season. Now, man, it's, you know, and obviously we'll, down the line we'll, we'll start looking at, you know, uh, betting it or, or whatever on a couple of pods or, or things like that because we'll know more. We'll get more in-depth uh, probably about a month from now. That's when Phil Steele comes out. That's when Lindy comes out, you know, and everything like mm-hmm. that. But, I mean, Penn State's at home. Michigan State's at home. Nebraska is at home. Like, that is – it's a very favorable schedule. It's it's the exact opposite last year of Vaughn for the most part. Or, or sorry, it's the exact opposite of last year, Vaughn, because, you know, you go back to the win total last year set up for Michigan. I think it was around eight. And the reason for that was the schedule. Had to go to Wisconsin where – 
You want to talk about a place they haven't won since Vietnam, uh, Camp Randall was one of those places. You know, they had to go on the road and get a win at Penn State. Had to go to Michigan State last year. Ohio State heavily favored. They had Washington coming in that looked, you know, like a more tough game on the schedule than it truly ended up being with with that team. Same with Indiana. But they had to go to Lincoln and play at Nebraska in a night game. Like, that schedule was ridiculously tough last year. This year, I feel like is the exact opposite of that, Vaughn. Oh, it is. You're you're spot on. Uh, Wisconsin, they hadn't won there since 01. Nebraska, at night, they had a tough environment there, too. Uh, Obviously, they lost at Michigan State, but it just goes to show that the schedule last year was far harder than what they're getting this year. And with the returning guys that they've got, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points in these games. And I'll just be frank with you, man. Like, that game at Iowa on October 1st after that Maryland game, I don't think it's as hard as what people are really hyping it up to be because I, I know it's, you know, Kinnick Stadium. It's always a beast to go to Kinnick and win there. It's very challenging. I do there's also that, but... There's also a really good chance that that game is going to be a night game, and night games at Kinnick are just weird. Yeah, they're weird games. Don't get me wrong, but I've just got, like, this overwhelming confidence in Michigan to go to Iowa and just – I mean, I don't think they're going to blow out the Hawkeyes by any means, but I do think, and maybe it's just because the last Michigan football game that I saw in person was them just beating the piss out of Iowa at the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> I digress. I, I, I don't know why. I just have this, like, overwhelming confidence that they will go to Iowa and win by, you know, somewhere between, like, 7 to 14 points, a touchdown or two. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I don't think they'll lose that game either. So, yeah, as far as nine and a half goes, man, I and this doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback at this point, whether it's Cade, JJ, it, it doesn't really matter. I throw Warren Davis in there. I'm sure he'd get you some good wins. <laughs> I, 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 I think whoever is under center at Michigan, I think they, they go over. It, it doesn't matter. Cade, take the over nine and a half. JJ, over nine and a half. I, I think they're going to hit that um, pretty easily, actually. This year, I, I really like who they have returning. Yeah, right? despite Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo going to the NFL, right? Obviously, and, and you know the the question marks are not on the offensive side of the football outside of. Uh, you know, the Josh Gaddis departure, because everything is speculation, right? Like, we have all the faith in the world in Sharon Moore and Mike Weiss, but at the end of the day, it's speculation. Similar to what it was last year when Mike McDonald and that kind of entire defensive staff got hauled over. You know, we were like, hey, he came from the NFL. You know, we, we, we just don't know because he hasn't called any plays. Turned out to be fantastic. And, you know, so we can speculate on that on the offensive side of the football without Josh Gaddis, but Sharon Moore and Mike Weiss obviously have been a part of this. Um... But, you know, we don't really know exactly, you know, if the offense is going to change a whole lot from last year. Obviously, defensively, uh, with with Jesse Minter coming in and losing, you know, some really good, a couple of first-rounders. Would have been three first-rounders if David Ajabo didn't tear the Achilles. Uh, You're losing a lot of talent, but there's been, you know, very good, some very good recruits. He had some real young players really uh, play well last year. You you know, Junior Colson being one of those guys who's going to be back. You got R.J. Moten and, and, you know, you you bring in a guy like Will Johnson like there's going to be there's going to be talent we're just kind of speculating on what all that's going to be but like you said uh everything is shaping up for Michigan to be pretty good here this year and that's why they do have the second highest win total 
in the entire Big Ten, according to, to Circa Sports here, the, the number one is no surprise here, Vaughn. Ohio State listed at 11 wins. However, to bet that over, it is, you get plus money if you want to go over on that. And obviously, uh, the reason for that is 11 wins. You know, to, to go over 11 wins is really hard to do in college football. You do get it at a plus 110. The under is a minus 130 uh, with the Buckeyes. But you want to talk about an offense that should be stacked. Uh, they, they got a pretty good one down in Columbus. Yeah, pretty good is is probably an understatement. Um, <laughs> you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the best receiver in all of college football coming back for his junior season. You've got a Heisman contending quarterback with C.J. Stroud. Uh, you have a uh, sophomore running back, Trevion Henderson, who was among the better running backs, uh, not only in the Big Ten, but in the entire country as a true freshman. So, yeah, they've they've got a ton of uh, returning guys on offense that you should keep your eye on. But 11 and a half, I think, is a little much. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, they've got Notre Dame to start the season. I know that's a home game, but Notre Dame is no slouch by any means. Then you got to play Wisconsin, and then obviously all the Big Ten East with Michigan State. Penn State, U of M to close out the season. And they do have to play Iowa in the Big Ten West division as well. So I, I think there are a couple games where they could get tripped up. They do have to travel to East Lansing. They have to travel to Penn State. It is nice that they get Michigan at home. And they do get Iowa at home. And Notre Dame and Wisconsin are all at the shoe as well. But, yeah, that betting the over – of 11 and a half is just a scary thing to do. You're essentially giving money to a, a sports book saying this team will go undefeated uh, throughout the 2022 football season. So I have a hard time giving any money to any sports book to, for any team to go undefeated. You see what happens every single year. Upsets happen every week. Alabama, who, who would have thought that Bama would have lost to AM last year? I, I wouldn't right. have said that. I put money on Ohio State to beat Michigan last season, and it didn't happen. So you never really know when that certain week is going to come around. And there are a couple games on the schedule where I could see Ohio State losing. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they lose at home week one to Notre Dame. It's not out of the realm of possibility they lose both Penn State and Michigan State. I think both teams have quite a bit to prove in 22. So Yeah, all, and all and, it takes is— I, I think I'd take the under right now. All, all it takes is one trip up, and you're at least getting a push on that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why those ones are tough to bet unless it comes down like if it gets a 10.5 or something, that's when maybe uh, you go over uh, on that because you think Ohio State's going to at least go 11-1. and one. But to hit the 11, they got to go perfect 12-0 and 0 for you to cash that bet, man. Uh, that That's pretty tough. Some other interesting ones, and there are a couple interesting win totals. Number one here, Vaughn, uh, Michigan State listed at seven wins. Uh, and now, look. The, the schedule is, I don't want to say the schedule is daunting for Michigan State, but it's by no means an easy schedule, especially when you look at the crossover games because they get Wisconsin here this year. You know, they, they've kind of dodged the Badgers over the last few years. They, you also get Minnesota, probably a couple of teams that are going to be contending in the West. 
Um, you have to go to Penn State. You have to go to Michigan. You have to go to Washington here this year. Now, I don't have a lot of faith in in Washington as obviously a great football team here this year, but that that's a big travel. You know, it, remember when Michigan State went to Arizona State? Probably should have beat that Sun Devils team. Now, Washington's not as hot as it is in Tempe, no question about it, but that's a long trip that you're going to have to make to go play. You got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, three games in a row. You finish at Penn State, as I mentioned. It, it's it, it's not a an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination, but... Seven, does seven seem low to you? I, I was a little surprised by this number. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I also hate betting when it's just an even number like that. Like, give me the half at least, you know, so I can have like a, mm-hmm. a, a solid over or under. So, yes, yeah, seven's a weird number, man, because those first two games, th- those should be a walk in the park at home against Western Michigan and then Akron. That road trip to Washington – it, it is the cross country road trip, but I do think it is a game that is winnable. I don't think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Be, yeah, I, I don't think they're like uh, you know the Washington of uh, five years ago when they make to the college football playoff. Uh, but they do, like you mentioned, the crossover games are tough with uh, Minnesota. I think they're going to actually be a pretty decent squad this year. They get Mo Ibrahim back at the running back position, and before he got injured last year. Uh, was about to run for about 500 yards against Ohio State in week one. So I I think they're going to be a revamped team. And obviously, it it is nice that you get Ohio State at home and you get a couple of the the other games. You know, you do have Wisconsin at home as well. And Indiana and Rutgers going to East Lansing, that should be uh, a win and then another win. But outside of those, man, I mean – I don't know. I maybe I'm just that Michigan fan that just thinks Michigan State's gonna always be a thorn in the Wolverine side and think they'll just, you know, roll off win after win after win. But seven does seem a little too low. I, I think they'll win at least eight, if not nine. I, I think the schedule is somewhat favorable. I think they will drop a couple of those games. They'll drop at least one of the uh Western division opponents with either Minnesota or Wisconsin. Uh, the other one being Illinois, I think they should be able to uh, get a dub against uh, the Illini. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Seven's a little low. Yeah, it, it's a and it's an interesting squad, right? Because there are some obvious question marks around Michigan State. You lost Kenneth Walker, who was uh, one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic, back in the country last year. He was the team MVP, no question. Obviously, Peyton Thorne coming back at the quarterback position. He played really well uh, last year. But there are some questions. Uh, uh, on the offensive side of the football, but also the, the defensive side of the football. I think they ranked 11th in the Big Ten last year uh, in defensive secondary, um, in the defensive secondary. You had some weird games. The Nebraska game, if not for that punt return, you probably lose at home to Nebraska. You struggled when you went to Indiana. Michigan was up double digits on you before kind of choking that one away. Obviously, the Ohio State game uh, really you know, opened some eyes. Uh, the Penn State game as well, nice win there at home against Penn State, but also could have gone the other way. And, and that's the thing about these win totals too, right? Is like, if it just goes one way or the other, that's going to make or break you. Um, so I definitely Definitely, I guess I kind of understand why there may be some skepticism surrounding uh, the, the Michigan State team when, when you're looking at the win totals, but 
I, I mean, it, they were able to pull it out last year, and you have a returning quarterback in Peyton Thorne that, you know, played some good football last year. And at the end of the day, in college football, if you have that experience and that talent at the quarterback position like that, it, it, it can win you some football games, you know? Yeah, they've got Jaden Reed returning at the wide mm. receiver spot, too. So and they've got Peyton Thorne with his top receiver coming back. Uh, obviously, the running back position's a little bit of a question mark with uh, Kenneth Walker, like you mentioned, going to the NFL, but they do have Jalen Berger transferring in from Wisconsin. There's a lot of optimism there, but I, me personally, I don't, I don't think he's going to make like a huge impact on the roster by any means. I would imagine there's probably a better running back currently on the team, uh, but at the very least he'll provide some depth. So yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I kind of like where the offense is at for Michigan state more than the defense. Um, and like you mentioned, Peyton Thorne played some really nice football last year. So I, I think the over of seven is probably the move as of right now. I'll tell you, as I look at these, Vaughn, if I, when I look at these win totals, the one that stands out to me the most, the one I am most shocked by, they've got Nebraska listed at seven at a minus 145 to hit that over. Now, Nebraska was the... Maybe the most unlucky college football team in history last year. The number of one-score losses was a truly remarkable feat. Um, but like you're losing Martinez, man. Who is going to play quarterback again next month? I'm going to know more about all these teams when I get to read the Phil Steels and, and the Lindys and all the college, the Athlon, all the the college football previews from across the country. I'm going to know more. Maybe it's going to make more sense to me then, Vaughn. But you're losing the one guy that kept you in a lot of games last year with with Martinez. He's gone. Who's going to play quarterback for you? You know, uh, is this team really that talented? They haven't recruited all that well under Scott Frost. I don't know, man. This one, this one jumped out at me. I understand the Big Ten West. That's the division they play in. That's going to be helpful. I understand they lost a lot of close games last year, but I, oof, I don't know, man. Th- this one jumped out at me. What did you say the over under was? Seven wins for Nebraska. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I mean the quarterback spot, like you mentioned, is is really weird because Martinez is gone. And it seems like the two guys competing for the starting job both transferred in this offseason. So they had Casey Thompson transfer in from Texas and then uh, Chubba Purdy transferred in from Florida State. So they're going to have a couple newcomers battling it out for the starting quarterback spot. Now, I, admittedly, I know nothing about either of those guys, nor should I because <laughs> they never went to Michigan and, and nor do I care about Texas or Florida State or Nebraska. So Whoever, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, man, I mean, they, I, I don't, it, it's one of those, like, I'll believe it when I see it with Scott Frost, kind of like what it was with Jim Harbaugh this past season. Like now that I've seen him beat Ohio State, I can maybe have a little bit more confidence. Like, yeah, maybe they'll do it again. Like, otherwise it was definitely like, no, ain't happening. Definitely not happening. But yeah, I mean, the, the schedule is favorable. I mean, the, the but, but the thing is, the thing is with the schedule, look at like five, because you have to go seven and five for this to even push, right? Like, right. Like you got to think about getting to eight and four. Five of their last six games are at Purdue, home to Minnesota, at Michigan, home to Wisconsin, at Iowa. And that doesn't even include you're playing Oklahoma on September 17th. Like, 
What well, like, yeah. like like I know Lincoln Riley's no longer at Oklahoma. It's Brett Venables. We don't know exactly what the Sooners are going to be, but I've got a feeling that Oklahoma's a little more talented than Nebraska. You know, <laughs> that that's that's at least yeah, just a little bit more talented than Nebraska. Because yeah, it's not like Scott Frost has been knocking it out of the park on the recruiting trail. It's right. not like it's not like they've been getting four stars and five stars left and right, and it's just been it just hasn't worked out. I mean, they, they've been swinging and missing on a lot of big time prospects on the recruiting trail. So yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, that's not going to be an easy game. You got to go to the big house to play Michigan. You got to go to Kinnick to play Iowa. And I'll tell you what, man, I mean, you mentioned Purdue at Purdue's not going to be easy either, man. I mean, bro, Purdue's Purdue is projected. Purdue's a seven win total team too. I, I I would take Purdue in a heartbeat over Nebraska for the seven wins. Um, that's just me though. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Nebraska, they were like, you know, bad luck Brian last year when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, pretty much blowing it right at the end. I mean, they had a, a late lead against Ohio state. Uh, they were in it to win it against Oklahoma. They were in it to win it against Michigan and they just dropped every single big game. And it was just a beautiful thing to see Scott Frost's face after <laughs> the clock hit zero. Uh, I digress. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the under on this one. I still don't think they make it to bowl season. I think Scott Frost gets fired. And that's just, you know, maybe not such a bold take, but uh, that's kind of how I'm feeling on, on June 13th at, at 8 p.m. Yeah, exactly. That's why, you know, like right now, taking an over-under, it doesn't really mean a whole lot when we talk about we haven't really gone all that in-depth, but it's just it's just one of those surprising ones, you know, that, that kind of jump out at you. I'm interested in, in reading more about this team next month when all those college football previews come out and, and seeing it, it getting a little more in-depth because maybe I'm just missing something with the Cornhuskers uh, at the end of the day. Other than that, Iowa at seven and a half here. Again, the the Big Ten West win totals are a little tough to gauge, right? Because that that con or that division can be crazy. Like Iowa, they had some really nice wins last year, man. But that wasn't a yeah. team that really had any business of winning the Big Ten West. You know, talent wise, that you know, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. it was Wisconsin blew it uh, against Minnesota in the the last game of the year last year i mean wisconsin's probably a heavy favorite to win that division they're a, they're a nine win total team that's what circa has them at here this year a minus 130 on the over a plus 110 uh on the other uh, on the under excuse me like that's gonna be a formidable opponent i'm not gonna lie i am not sad to see wisconsin not on michigan's schedule here this year no i'm i'm actually pretty happy because they had played wisconsin uh every season from what 2016 yeah. I think to last year and my god I mean and those those were some great games most of the time don't get me wrong I mean those provided some classics like that that 2016 game was great uh last season's game was great I mean there were a lot of uh you know it was blow after blow pretty much every other season it was you know Michigan wins Wisconsin wins but yeah I'm, I'm glad to see them off the schedule for the foreseeable future as far as Iowa goes man I mean you said they were at seven wins, right? Seven and a half. See, I I don't know, man. I mean, I'd probably take the under on that one, too. I, I really just feel like I was going to take a bit of a step back this season. And, it, you know, it, I I don't know. I, I they they relied on, like, 
they relied on like a historic turnover rate last year. This is true. I mean, their secondary was crazy, and they do have some guys returning uh, in the secondary as well. I just feel like they're destined to take a step back. And, you know, the Big Ten, like you said, the Big Ten West is weird because you can never truly gauge what team is going to come out on top. One year it could be Wisconsin. The next year it will be Northwestern of all teams. I mean, you never really know who's going to go to the Big Ten championship game out of that division. So would I be shocked if Iowa, like, turned in another nine-win season? No, I wouldn't. But as of today, I would take the under. I just – with the quarterback situation – it, it just it doesn't look good with whoever's going to be under center. I mean, I, I, is Spencer Petras back or is he gone? That's what, that's the thing, man. I don't. I, I again, I, I don't have the the in depth. I think I thought he was back, but again, I'm not too sure. He didn't even play that entire game of the Big Ten championship game. They had that more no. mobile guy come in uh, last year. I, I can't really remember. I'm blanking on the name right now, but uh, he came in uh, a bit in the second half because Petras just wasn't getting the job done. Uh, I do want to know. Who Kirk Ferentz pissed off at the Big Ten offices, man, because <laughs> two, two of their three crossover games are Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I, was just, I was just looking at that. I mean, I, it's, it's nice that they get a bye week uh, before Ohio State, but my God, I mean, you go Michigan one week, and yeah, Illinois is probably not going to give you any fits, but you got to go to Columbus a couple weeks after that. And then you got to go to Purdue a couple weeks after that. And then Minnesota a couple weeks after that. I mean, their schedule is just, oh my God, it reeks. Their schedule sucks. I would not want to be a Hawkeye fan no. this upcoming season. This is going to be a tough one, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I did a quick search on the Google, and Spencer Petrus is back, as okay. is. Uh, the backup quarterback, Alex Padilla. Yeah, Padilla, who, that's the name, yep. Who, who looked even worse than Petrus <laughs> did in that Big Ten championship. They, just, I mean, they he, just put him in there because, I mean, it was like maybe this guy can get away from a job Owen Hutchinson, you know, like, like <laughs> let's, let's try yeah. something, you know. They, 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 they did need to try something different, and I was in favor of them switching quarterbacks at the time, but um, I, I'm not too confident in either of those guys if I'm an Iowa fan, so – yeah, I, I think they're just destined to take a step back this year, and I, I think a different team will uh, make it to the uh, Big Ten championship game this year, uh, which I, again, probably not a bold take by any means, but uh, I'm sticking to it on June 13th, 2022. Uh, here's another interesting win total. Uh, Circa does not expect Maryland to be very good here this year. Five and a half wins is their total. Obviously, playing in the Big Ten East skews that number uh, a little bit because it is so top-heavy with Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, uh, and Michigan. So, it it skews it a little bit. They do have the over at minus 135, but if the under hits here and Maryland doesn't go to a bowl game, I know Mike Loxley has been recruiting well, but he has just not translated that into a lot of wins. Like, is this... A, a last chance for Mike Loxley in Maryland, or you think they're going to stick with him because the recruiting's been somewhat good relative to for Maryland football? No, I, I think it could be like a he's playing for his job or coaching for his job kind of a thing. Um, you know, five wins. I, I think they could sneak five wins in there. They they start off the season with a relatively easy slate. They get uh, a couple games 
Miami's in Buffalo and Charlotte more than likely, and you get SMU at home. But then the tough stretch really starts with going to Michigan and then having to play Michigan State and Purdue uh, the following two weeks. You also have to play Ohio State uh, and everybody else in the Big Ten East. But then you get Wisconsin in a crossover game, uh, it's and then Purdue, like I mentioned, in that other crossover game. So I don't know, man. I mean, that Maryland to me is like the um, Nebraska of the Big Ten East, where you could kind of see it going a couple different ways, but it, it more than likely will just be bad. Um, so yeah, man. I I mean, I I could definitely see, I could see them like pushing. I could see five wins for sure. I think they should did start three and zero, and you can probably find a couple wins later in the schedule. I think Rutgers is a winnable game. I think Indiana is a winnable game. And I think Northwestern's probably a winnable game. So you just got to win a couple of those and you're probably not going to win against Michigan, probably not against Michigan state. You got to go to Penn state. So that's probably a loss. You can just write off Ohio state and Wisconsin right now. So, yeah, man, I mean, it'll be a close one. I, I think that'll be one where, you know, at, at the end of the season, if they end up with five, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the uh, you, you mentioned Northwestern, man. The fighting Fitzgeralds, not a lot of faith uh, in these guys here this year. They Their win total listed at four, Vaughn, and the overs, the overprice is plus 110. I mean, Oof. but but you look at it, and, oh, my God, Northwestern, they, they do not play – uh, uh, too easy of a schedule outside of Southern Illinois and Miami. It's it's going to be a battle for this team each and every game. Even Illinois is probably going to be a battle for them. You know, with, with Burt running the ball all year. So, I Nebraska and Rutgers are, are tied for the lowest win totals of the Big Ten at four. That's it's a tough place to be. Yeah, it sucks being at the bottom. Um, you know, Northwestern is always a school that I like quietly root for, just because mm-hmm. they're like. You know, Pat Fitzgerald is, like, as consistent uh, of a head coach. As far as, like, messaging and everything goes, like, the on-field product, man, it's like a roller coaster with this football program. (laughs) Like, you'll get eight or nine wins one year, and you'll get two the next year. It's just – it's got to be brutal to be a a Wildcats football fan. But I I love how the Big Ten always makes, like, Nebraska – Northwestern be like that week zero game it seems like which is what it is on August 27th this year so we'll get some early Big Ten action uh, going uh, before Michigan season even starts but yeah man um, I I think it could be a tough year Uh, they've got a lot of really hard games they get screwed over by the uh, uh, crossover games they got to play Ohio State and they have to go to Penn State um you know, they got to go to Iowa, to Minnesota, to Purdue. It's just going to be too much for them to handle, I think. I, I think they'll probably get, you know, around three or four wins this year, probably uh, miss out on a bowl game again. I love it, man. We are – what is that game being played, by the way? August 27th. So we're sitting here yeah. two and a half months <laughs> before the <laughs> – <laughs> before the first game and we are talking college football win totals i absolutely love it man what a how what desperate a sport. we are for football dude. oh my I mean, god I, I can't talk about the college world series i don't give a rat's ass about <laughs> college baseball come on give me some college no, football man 
Get get just inject it into my veins. Twelve months out of the year, dude. That's all I need. All right, Yvonne. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, before you go here today, first of all, tell us you know where we can find you on social media, but also let us know uh, what we got coming up here this week at Mason Brew. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Man, we we got a ton coming up this week on Mason Brew. Lots of recruiting stuff happening with uh, the football program. Just coming out of a, a big official visit weekend this, this past weekend. And then uh, starting Friday is, is Victor's weekend for the program. Tons of official visitors, lots of highly ranked kids coming on campus. Outside of that, we, we do have some uh, non-football things uh, to tend to. <laughs> Kellen's got some some basketball articles that he's going to be posting, some basketball recruiting and, and a uh, NBA mock draft update as uh, – that gets closer and closer uh, with uh, Musa and Caleb potentially getting drafted. So, uh, yeah, outside of that, lots of other uh, football preview stuff, ranking uh, the positions of uh, the Harbaugh era and uh, looking at uh, the tight ends and uh, starting on the offensive line for the uh, uh, um, for the 2022 team this week. So, yeah, lots of uh, good stuff on the website coming up. So uh, go over to amazingbrew.com and – We've we've got a, a a different flavor of stuff uh, for everybody. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L U K E G H I A R D I. Please subscribe, rate, leave a review for all of our podcasts here at Maze and Brew. We we do have a, a lot of good ones for you, and you know we're going to get you through the summer with them as well. So we we really appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Probably going to get that back going at least for for the show come football season. So get ready to go there. Uh, but we had some fun today talking a little Big Ten win totals uh, here. Here in June. For Von Lozon, I'm Luke Yardy. Thanks for listening to Brewcast. We'll see you next week.